Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi there. I'm K-Town, and on this edition of Mysterious Radio. I moved down to New Orleans to start working with a field parapsychologist, and it was really kind of funny because I went down on a vacation with my best friend, and it was January of 1995, and we were checking into our hotel, and my best friend flew in from Chicago, and I flew in from Ohio, and we were starving, and we're checking into the hotel, and um, I leaned over the desk, and I said, I was about to say, where should we go to eat? You know, like a normal tourist kind of question, and out of my mouth said, where do you guys keep the real ghosts? And I don't know who was more shocked, <laughs> this chick behind the <laughs> counter or me. And and um, she looked she looked at me like I had just asked her where I could buy like a wealth of drugs or something. And I, I'm sitting there thinking, why did I say that? And she leans over the desk, like like you know, just between you and me, kind of thing. And she says, you know, there's a real parapsychologist in New Orleans doing research. And I'm like, really? And she says, and he's doing this, this kind of tour. And I'm like, oh, my God, color us there. And I don't even know why I wanted to go. <laughs> so my best friend, she did not want to go because she does not like things like this. And um, but I, I convinced her. I said, well, I'm going to go to all the art galleries with you. You need to do the tour with me. So we did. And we had a great time. However, Neither Ruthie nor I had any experiences whatsoever. Everybody else did. And um, so being very immature adults as we were and probably still are, <laughs> we started terrorizing Larry Muntz, the field parapsychologist. And it's like, how come we didn't see anything? How come we didn't feel anything? And um, he was kind of, um, I guess, smart or stupid, depending on how you look at it, to hand out his business card. And so we terrorized him by phone, too. And um, he ended up uh, running into us while we were at the 8th District Police Station, which is in the middle of the French Quarter. And we were taking pictures <laughs> with the police. And uh, so, once again, it's like, why didn't we see anything? Why didn't we feel anything? And he said, listen, ladies, tomorrow, why don't you meet me at Le Petit Theater? And I will take you in, and I'm pretty pretty certain you're going to have an experience. And um, Ruthie wasn't into it. I was. We went in, and... Um, so uh, Larry had taken us into a secondary lobby and said, there is a man standing in the corner. 
what do you see? What do you feel? And Ruthie is like, oh, no, I'm out of here. And she left. And I'm standing there with my hands on my hips. I'm like, nope, I see nothing. I feel nothing. And we hung out for a couple minutes. He goes, well, maybe you're just not open enough and that's okay. And I said, well, why don't you leave? I'm just going to stand here for a second. He walked out. I was like, there's like no way. And I'm still standing there copying my attitude stance. And the next thing I know, I feel this great big, like, um, vibration, like somebody had slammed their boot down on the ballast flooring right in front of me. And I felt the vibration through my shoes. And I swear to God, I hit the ceiling and I spun around like a cartoon character. My arms and legs were going so fast and I hit the ground, ran out. He goes, oh, did you see him? I said, no, I felt him. And that's how I got hooked. That is crazy. <laughs> it was. It was. It was. But that was. Uh, and, you know, the weird thing is all my life I've had um, different experiences. And I always chalked it up to um, uh, overactive imagination or maybe it was a dream or I saw something on TV. And, you know, I mean, you know, my dad, my dad is um, a research and and. Um, development physicist and he does not believe in ghosts so i tried very hard not to believe in it myself too because he's like the smartest man i know and um so if he doesn't believe in it i wasn't but you know when you have experiences yourself it's real hard to say mm, no no and especially when they're substantiated right exactly I'm, I'm curious to know where you guys were and what were you what location were you guys at we were in, um, oh, for this experience? Yes. This this was in Le Petit Theater, which is um, uh, on um, across from um, Jackson Square. And it's a very, very old, old building. And um, it has, it, it's, in fact, it's the oldest, longest, continuous running community playhouse in the country. That sounds interesting there. I'm sorry if I missed yeah. that before. Did you say that before? No, that's. And not all that. Okay. With the theater. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, they always say that theaters are just, um, they're just known to be very, very haunted. Tell me about this um, parapsychologist. Was he, why was he there exactly? Was he doing his own research? I mean, what was he doing there besides the tour? What was he doing? So um, Larry got involved. I'll just call him Larry because I worked with him for 24 years. Um, he started working um, in field parapsychology like back in 1972. And um, he has like this wild resume himself um, that ranges everything from telecom to uh, the Playboy Mansion. So, I mean, he was, he was quite an interesting man. And um, he grew up in New Orleans. So, uh, as a young boy, he actually had a lot of experiences himself, and he had a lot of family in New Orleans, um, and they were very hush-hush about the subject, as were, like, a lot of people in, in New Orleans at, at that time, really. And um, so he uh, he had... Um, <laughs> he had uh, gone back to New Orleans um, after working um, at the Playboy Mansion, and he decided to start doing his own research. And what he wanted to do was find a way to monetize 
his research so he could continue it on without doing something else on the side. And he came from um, a very hefty uh, tourism family. And so that gave him a lot of ideas. And so when I got involved, um, my background was advertising and marketing and promotions. And I was like, my original deal with him was, and I, I kid you not, was prove to me what you do uh, is legitimate and I'll make you famous. <laughs> that, and that was it. <laughs> that was it. Gotcha. So, but yeah, but he, Larry was uh, it was it was just wild. Like um, he would tell me about people that he knew and in, in other arenas and blah blah blah. And I always used to say, "Oh, you sure Walter Mitty? Uh huh, right?" And then I and then it, it would get proven. Like you know, um, uh, he, one day he he told me how um, he was like pretty pretty uh, tight with like Robert Wagner and Jill St. John, which I don't know if you know who they are, but after an actress. Um, I know Robert uh, Wagner is. I don't uh, know about the other one. Yeah, yes. So he was. He, he used to be married to uh, Natalie Wood, who died. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, so I was like, yeah, sure, sure. And one day after I had moved to New Orleans and we were working, we had gone into um, 8th District Police Station once again. He, he did a lot of work with the police as well. And um, so he was talking with uh, different police entities, live ones, and I was standing at the window, and all of a sudden, I kid you not, I see uh, Robert Wagner and Jill St. John, and they're walking down the street, and I immediately break out into a sweat, and my mouth goes dry, because I am so starstruck. And I was just like, uh, 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 I couldn't, couldn't command any words in the English language. And Larry turns around and he looks out the window. He goes, RJ. And he opens up the door. He goes flying down the steps. And these two look at him. They're like, Larry. And there were big hugs and kisses. And I just stayed inside the building, sweating, looking out the window. I was too embarrassed to go out. But, um, I have a million of those stories, but it's not necessarily paranormal. Boy, he sounds fascinating. He really is. He still around? Still alive or no? No, no. Unfortunately, not. Um, he he died um, in in 2019. Oh man. Okay, I'm sorry to hear yeah, that. Yeah. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, I really am. He sounds like a very interesting guy. Um, okay, so now you've really piqued my interest. So you guys. Okay, so he. He did a lot of work in the place. So I'm assuming you joined him in some of those uh, investigations, whatever he was doing for the, what was he doing exactly for the police? So he was, he was doing field investigations and, um, and truthfully, he, he, he knew, he knew that ghosts existed and residual hauntings existed and um, a lot of different paranormal things could, could be going on. But what he was most interested in was studying psychic abilities and under the umbrella of parapsychology, which actually started as a study of psychic abilities, um, all, all that testing was done in a laboratory. And he figured if he took them in, he took people of different, um, uh, a scale of different kinds of uh, psychic abilities into haunted properties over and over and um, and, and the places that he already knew were haunted. He kind of had a good idea who was there, what their stories were, that he could, he could test them in the field. And it was 
amazing. So he put together a team, and yet over the years, the team kept evolving. And um, I was with the team the last 24 years, and my own abilities had opened up too, even though it took me actually, and honest to God, like a couple years to really kind of accept it. Because <laughs> it was like, whoa, this is rocking my world. I, I went to college and I watched General Hospital and this is out of the realm, you know, <laughs> of, of my life. Let me ask you, OK, so was he doing that in conjunction with the police? I mean, what was he doing for them exactly? Well, um, he did a lot of different things um, and I don't remember all the stories, but he he did. He was retained on uh, different cases of like, you know, do you know what happened to this person? Do you know what happened to that person? And um, sometimes he did. And other times he wasn't quite sure and, um, and brought in different different psychics. OK, so that's what he was doing. OK, so he was they were asking him to try and get someone to see psychically what happened in some of these cases. In, in a lot of different cases, yes. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. But, but as a parapsychologist, he was very um, publicly, I'm a scientist, you know, but he, he couldn't shut down his own abilities. He was, he was pretty darn good at them. Wow. Okay. That, wow. Mm. So, and I think that's another reason why he was so interested in Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, man, uh, I would love to read his research maybe does he have research papers like we can read like some of the locations where he brought psychics in and they were able to you know pick up on this that and the other i mean is that down somewhere where people can read about it yeah so so um he did do some writing and a lot of his files unfortunately were lost in katrina so that that blows but i have a lot of documentation and I just got it out of storage. So I am just now combing through it. In fact, um, the book that, um, that uh, was published back in 2000, which was ISPR investigates the ghosts of new Orleans. Um, I, I wrote that book in three days at the time that I wrote it because I knew that information off the top of my head. And, um, but it was based on mostly on Larry's investigations, but a lot on also what had happened during ghost expeditions in New Orleans. And I am now getting um, a video and, and um, Larry's notes so that I can do the um, updated second, second edition of that. So I'm very excited. Yeah. Okay. So those, and I like that you said that that's great. And I would love to, you know, bring you back to talk about some of that stuff. Um, what the research that you just, um, told me about that you dug out of, I guess you had it in storage or, or whatever. Is this his research alone or is it yours or yours together with him? Yeah. So, well, well, actually it's mine now because he left everything to me. Oh, wow. Okay. So this is his stuff. Yeah. Yes. There yeah. we go. Yes. In fact, I know I have I have binders. There's over a hundred thousand undeveloped uh, photos. Oh, wow. I mean, he. You know, I mean, because I mean, and you know, most of his work, really, when you think about it, was before digital. So, so it was, it, we're talking film, and I've got all the binders of that. I've got all his notes. I've got footage. It's just 
1995. So I was witness to pretty much everything that took place. Um, in fact, at that time, um, it was it was like I, I had just missed all the investigation of all the Anne Rice properties. Oh, Anne Rice, the the writer. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. I didn't know that her properties were haunted. Yeah. Yeah. So um, she had several properties in um, in New Orleans. And um, so there was the property that she grew up uh, grew up in. And of course, I can't remember which street it was on. I want I want to say Claiborne, but maybe maybe it was Claiborne. But then there was the house that she lived in, which in, in, in the, I believe um, her um, husband, Stan who was a very nice man, had the opportunity to meet him. Um, they lived on, uh, what was it, Chestnut and First? Oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. No, you're I'm fine. So you're totally I fine. You're fine. remember exactly. But, but, it, but it, was, it was in the Garden District. It was gorgeous, and it was a purple-hued house. And um, so, uh, and, then, and then she ended up buying St. Elizabeth's Orphanage as well which this orphanage dates back a long, long time. And um, it, it, primarily, um, it primarily housed uh, young girls. Well, was it still in operation at the time she purchased it or no? No. Okay. No, it was not. It was not. And she purchased it today. Today, it's condos. It's been converted into condos. She ended up selling it. Um, but in uh, the first vampire ball I went to, and, and that was back in October of 95, <laughs> it was held at the orphanage. And she was there, and Kirsten Dunst was like the guest of honor. She was there. And um, it was it was weird. She had um, all her, her huge collection of dolls, which were kind of creepy. <laughs> and they were all on... Um, on view and it, it was no. it was pretty wild. But before I started working with Larry, he did investigations of her properties and St. Elizabeth was one of them. And um so I got the the actual uh, raw footage of that too. And he was not alone. He had other investigators uh, uh with him, one of one of whom I actually worked with later on and she was very cool. Oh my god, you have a gold mine. I would love to see that <laughs> and read those files. Okay, so did, did she tell him to come, you know, like okay, we're having some issues at some of these properties. Can you come investigate? I mean, were they experiencing something and that's why he was there or what? Um, I believe that they did have experiences over there. And he was brought in, um, I believe it was it was her, oh, what was it, her cousin? Um, I want to say his name was Bill. And uh, he was in charge of her properties and uh, brought Larry in. Okay, man. Okay, did he ever t tell you like what he found there? I mean, did he? say what you know the outcome or tell you about the outcome of the those investigations um you know i i don't i don't remember exactly what he said because this is like a long long time ago for me but i can tell you i'll tell you something that he found in saint elizabeth and this is this is when i i was actually moving i was with a moving truck moving down to new orleans and Larry had flown up to 
to help move and drive, drive my stuff down. He received a call and said, when can you get in here? Because we found something. So when we got back to New Orleans, and I did not go with him, except I do have the original photographs of these. Um, he went to St. Elizabeth's Orphanage, and they were doing work up in the attic and they broke the um they broke through the wall and they found three old old coffee cans and they opened each one up and there was a ripped up bloodied little girl's dress in each one that is so creepy wonder why they were there oh yeah uh, uh well now this is so weird now i'm like it's all like kind of flooding back there was an entity of a man, and they believe that he's the one that uh, violated some of these girls. And there was also an entity of a little boy, and I don't remember if he said he had Down syndrome or that he was just, um, 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 what is the PC term now? Um, you know, that there was something unfortunately wrong with him, and the nuns took him in as well. And um, but they, they uh, the clairvoyants did not believe it was this little boy, but that they believed it was this man who um, they actually saw with a little girl up uh, in the attic. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. But these dresses, I mean, I, I have the original Polaroids that were taken of them. I mean, it's, it, it's hideous. Really. Truly. Okay. So, oh man. Yeah. You, you have to publish that stuff and you have to let me know okay. when you do. I mean, I'd love to be able to see that stuff. Go through it. You know, look at it. <laughs> sure. This is amazing. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it, there, there was just, there was so much, so much going on. In fact, even um, like the house that I lived in uh, when I first moved down there, uh, which was on Esplanade closer to city park. And there was um, a couple, a young couple, like teenage couple, and I, I believe that they must have been from early, mid-1800s. That was just kind of the feeling I got from them, and I really didn't see them because that's not one of my stronger abilities, but I always felt them. I used to hang out in the bedroom, and I was living in this four-room four shotgun, and um, which was pretty ancient itself. And, you know, but they, they were okay. But then there was this other, there was a guy and um, like from the eighties and um, he was nasty. He was mean and angry. And um, I knew, I knew I could feel that he had killed himself. And then there were these two guys that uh, had, that owned the house like next door. And, um, I got to know them. One, one of them, I remember was an attorney. They were really nice guys. And they said that there was a guy who, um, contracted AIDS and he blew his head off in the backyard. So I believe that was the same guy. Man, that is that's something else. Um, I'm interested in, in knowing more about how you and him, when you, you know, got with him, your team actually went into, first of all, how did you find out about these cases? And then did he, uh, prepare his self, like his aura to do some type of ritual or some type of something to, to protect himself or, you know, or maybe you did it. I don't know. Did you guys do that? Good questions. Good questions. 
Um, he was he was retained um, most of the time because he was fairly well known in New Orleans. He was, you know, he came from a big uh, hospitality and tourism family, and he himself was was fairly well known. And um, so, in uh, in this at the time um, that I got involved, it wasn't cool to be haunted. You know what I mean? It was like you know people just kind of like let's not talk about that. And so he, when he was retained by the Bourbon Orleans Hotel, he convinced the general manager at the time, let me go public with this because you're never going to have like an available room. You're going to be so solidly booked. And um, he explained it to the GM. The GM believed him. Larry uh, went public with it. And boom, uh, it was Larry was so correct on his assessment of that. And then, like every other hotel, hey, you know, what about me? What about me? Kind of thing. And then there were a lot of um, private cases, um, you know, the general public people in, in that lived around there that knew knew about him. And um, so he would go in and he, he charged a lot of that. He waived his fees and and he would go in and, and, you know, go, you know, like people be like, oh, my God, this happened and that happened. He goes, well, like, um, yeah, your grandma's here. And then he'd bring in other psychics who would say the same thing. And they'd be, they'd be like, oh, I guess we shouldn't be all upset. <laughs> so, no, you shouldn't. And then as far as protecting us, that is such a good question. We, he had, he knew so many psychics. A lot of them also attended Berkeley. And so I got to speak to a lot of these people, even the ones that I didn't, didn't have the opportunity to meet. And they're like, oh, you need to protect yourself. You need to sage your area. You, you need to, you know, you know, blah, 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 you know. And, and um, Larry would say, you know, I just don't, he didn't really buy into it. And um, I, I don't really know why, but he said, um, the best thing I can tell you is to um, really kind of um, just clear, try and clear your energy and, um, and, and, and connect yourself to the earth. And that was, that was his, his way of doing it. And, um, and truthfully, for the first couple of years, I was so... Um, Oh, isn't this fun? I love the thrill and and how exciting. So I was not really concerned about protecting myself because I was still being convinced, even though I was having all these different kinds of experiences, I was still being convinced and did not really believe that anything could harm me. You, you know I get what I mean? It. I get it. Yeah, absolutely. And so I had a lot to learn. And so today, um, I even even since Larry has passed, um, I sometimes get requests, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? And um, I'm like, mm, I don't know, like, I'll think about it. I'll try tuning in. And it's like, mm, no, it seems like uh, mm, I, I, I don't know that I can help you. So. Well, you have to be, you know, really picky and choosy on this stuff and you don't want to walk into something that's going to bring harm to you because I'm telling you stuff is very real uh energetically uh, yes. when you start yes. learning about energy and how energy can affect you and your health and your everybody else's health and well-being yeah. then you really start taking it very seriously I want to ask yeah, you yeah, about absolutely. 
did his psych okay did you you were with him and you guys went out on, on these investigations was he i mean or did you guys bring along the same psychics every time and who were they if he did so um so it changed it changed um right before i got down there there were uh several different psychics um one of uh, one of which uh, this woman, so I think she was in her 80s, but she was amazing. And then there were a lot of much younger people as well. Um, and, and it was women and men. And they were all very talented. Um, and then um, there were a few that um, I got to work with. One was Carrie uh, Roy and one was uh, Maria Saganis, although she wasn't from New Orleans, but she would fly in quite often. And then um, by 97, I went with Larry. Um, for him, it was back to California. For me, it was like, hello, California. <laughs> and so then there were a lot more, a lot more uh, psychics that were uh, brought in uh, at, at that point. And they, and they were different kinds of psychics uh, doing different kinds of things. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Because they all don't have the, yes, because they all don't have the same abilities. So. No, no, not at all. I totally get not it. at all. In fact, I used to say all the time when people asked me about, you know, like, what, what did I do on the team? And, um, and I said, well, I do what like any monkey can do. I run the Polaroid camera, <laughs> but, but I was personally used as a human instrument because, because I was, uh, uh, actually opened up quite a bit and would have a lot of empathic episodes and um, and sometimes phys- physical mediumship um, episodes. But I, I had no idea if it was going to happen or not. So I was just, you know, hey, I got the Polaroid. And then yeah. stuff <laughs> happened. And, 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 and I, a lot of times after the fact, um, I wouldn't remember, well, especially mediumship stuff, I would not remember it. But because of uh, videotape, <laughs> I'd be like, whoa, it was kind of cool. It's kind of cool. It sounds amazing. Really, it really does. <laughs> I have some more questions for sure. you, though, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, now, do you know if there, I just, I'm just wondering, you know, I'm not from that area. I don't know anything about it, really. Um, but is there a home, like a private residence that you guys investigated that is known to be very, very haunted besides the plantations? OK, we hear all about the plantations. Now, but is there a private residence down there that's known to be haunted? And did you guys ever take on anything like that? There were there were so many. Uh, I mean, like the joke in New Orleans is that there's probably as many ghosts walking around as there are live people. Yeah, and, I believe um, it, yeah. yeah. So, you know, you, you'd be hard pressed to find a property that didn't have some kind of activity at some time, you know, and, and since they travel, you just never know, you know, who's going to be where, you know, I mean, you know, we used to talk about which entities were resident entities and which entities were just kind of like floaters, which was my my silly little reference to them, but meaning that they were not tied to a certain property. But um, like uh, I lived in a house on Fountain Blue, which uh, was uptown, and there there was an entity on the third floor. He hated us. Oh my God, he hated us. And he made my dogs crazy. And um, 
so uh, that was that was a lot of fun. In fact, my uh, younger brother came in and stayed with us for a while. I'm like, yeah, dude, your room is on the third floor and enjoy that. Pick any one of the three bedrooms up there. And he woke up one night wrestling with a piece of plastic over his face, which because he was my brother, I thought that was so funny. But, um, but, and you're not laughing, so you probably don't. But, but I believe that that was uh, the entity upstairs who who hated us. And um, but there were, uh, there were there was another woman I remember working, uh, going on this investigation. Although I really didn't play much of a part in it. And there was this elderly woman, and um, her brother, her brother uh, had died, and he hung out in the house and she had made a lot of money. He did not. And he would, uh, apparently was a little uh, pissed with her and used to pinch her constantly. And she had black and blue marks all over. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but seriously, it, 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 um, there are just so many properties that, that have activity. And, um, and, you know, one, one day, uh, and this is shortly after I moved to New Orleans, Larry and I were driving down Esplanade uh, toward the corner, and we were driving in front of um, a school, and there was a great big tree. And this is like middle of the afternoon, it's during the summer, you know, it, it was a gorgeous day. We had the top down, and there was this kid, like this teenage boy, who caught my eye. And I, I don't know why, but he did. And it's not like he was dressed in any kind of period um, outfit. And he seemed like pretty modern day. And he was standing up against the tree with his right foot, um, the bottom of his right foot up against the tree. And um, I don't know, again, why he caught my eye, but I was like watching him as we're driving by. And he looked at me, looked away, and he bent at the waist like he was going to run. And the kid disappeared. And I was like, ah, and Larry goes, oh, did you see that kid disappear? I'm like, oh, my God, you saw that. And then I fought with him for the next hour. I did not see that. You did not see that. It did not happen. (laughs) It was just it blew my mind. But that is wild. (laughs) Yeah. You just just never know. You never know. So. So it, it's a crazy place, crazy place. What about um, I'm interested in this because I don't know what year her Hurricane Katrina happened, but I would like to know if he was still and you know, if you guys were still actively investigating because uh, I've heard so many things about. You know, what happened afterwards, there was a lot of paranormal activity being reported, even by some of the construction people coming down. They were they would see, you know, I mean, stuff that would scare the you know hell out of them. And it was making the the local news and stuff. So, did you guys ever deal with anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. It was that was such a an amazing um it was an awful tragedy. We were we were in Hollywood at the time, but we had reopened ghost expeditions in in New Orleans. So we had researchers that were running them at, at that time. And Katrina hit at the end of um, August of two thousand five. We we went back to New Orleans in um, let me see it was uh, the end of June of two thousand seven, and the mayor um, Ray Nagan. He, Larry sat on his board, his Hollywood South board, um, trying to bring filming 
to to the city, which he successfully did. It was it was amazing. I'm talking about uh, the the mayor. And he asked Larry during one of these meetings, would you consider coming back and doing something uh, to, you know, in, in tourism again, uh, to, you know, kind of help pump up, um, you know, uh, tourism again, help us uh, give us another uh, method of making money, you know, um, to get the city back on, on, on its feet. So we went back to New Orleans and we were working on this huge project and it was it was amazing. But yeah, we did get to go through a lot of other properties and um yeah, it, we we ended up oh my god, we ended up living uh taking an apartment at, at a very modern apartment complex and it was right across the street from the river. And there was this huge empty land, though, uh, between the end of uh, our apartment was on, on the end of the complex um, to, to the street and then the river across the street. And um, it had a bazillion frogs. And I kept saying to Larry, I'm like, I think this is where they threw the dead body. I think this is where they threw the dead. I kid you not. And he's like, yeah, I think so, too. But that didn't come out. And then um, through some other meetings we had with some very interesting and high positioned people in New Orleans, they said, well, do you know where blah, blah, blah is? And um, we're like, yeah, because it was like right where our apartment was. Yeah, that's where a lot of the dead bodies were thrown. So. It does not surprise that, me. No, no, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah. It, so it, it is not surprising that um, there was like an uptick in not even entities walking around, but just um, an oppressive heaviness. Um, it was, it was just awful. It was, it was, it was awful, and a lot of live people kind of you know, went crazy and, and know about a murder because of that. And, um, oh, my God. And you, you want to hear something really gross? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so there's a potter's field in New Orleans, um, you know, where, uh, and, and the people are buried in black trash bags. Uh, wait, wait a minute, buried. a potter's field. A potter's What's field a- is... So Potter's Field is um, a cemetery uh, where uh, they bury uh, people they can't identify, um, homeless people that are not whose bodies aren't claimed, um, and like all like most uh, I don't know if all cities, but most states have a Potter's Field, and that's just what it's called. Okay, gotcha. Go so, ahead. So, yeah, um, so it rains in New Orleans, you know, I mean, like you could, you know, spill a Dixie cup of water and it floods. And, oh, my God, these bodies in the plastic bags rise out of the ground. Now, that that scared me a lot. It just really. Oh, yeah. It was like every horror movie I've ever seen. Where where is it located? Where is it located? That was that was located. Oh, man, I want to say it was on Canal Street, a few miles out of the corridor. Um, and uh, let me see, what do you call that that area? It's not, I don't think it's Midtown. It could be considered Midtown. I'd have to look it up. Um, but, mm. but yeah, like an internet search, that should tell you, uh, yeah, Potter's Field. 
But they have very interesting aerial uh, um, uh, methods down in New Orleans anyway, you know, because because of the water table down there. And, um, you know, a lot of people is in some of those, you know, crypts in the cities of the dead, um, you know, there's all there can be a, quite a few people sharing that crypt. And um, after a body is thrown in there, um, they can open it up a year and a day afterward. And then they they uh, brush all, all all the remains to the back and then they throw in the next body. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So they can have many bodies in one crypt. Is that on purpose? Like a family buys a crypt and then they all get in there or what? Yes. 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 Okay. Absolutely. Which was weird for me because I'm from the Midwest and (laughs) almost everybody's like underground as far as I knew, you know, but yeah. Let me ask you this. Um, give me something that did he ever divulge anything to you that really kind of freaked him out over over his years of investigating? It freaked him out. There was um, I will not I, I don't remember the specifics, um, but this is long before me. There was um, a house on St. Uh, Charles Street and um, a lot of places. On, that's, you know, Loyola and um but it's the other university. They're right next door to each other. They're on St. Charles down by Audubon Park. But this is like um, going back uh, toward the CBD, um, Central Business District. But it's on St. Charles. And uh, there was um, a police officer who went in and something about that there was a lot of negative activity in there. He died and something about a dog that died trying to scratch its way out. And um, that bothered him a lot. And I, but I, I, I'm going to have to look for those notes because that's like an outrageous story. It was terrible. Just terrible. Man, um, and, I, and I don't remember all the details. No, it's okay. You, you, this has been great. Yeah, I was not witness to it. You wasn't okay. Yeah. And um, so, tell me uh, before we go, I want you to tell me, like, what are you thinking about doing with the research that you just dug out? I mean, you're going to put it together in another book. I mean, how how exactly are you going to? I mean, what are you going to do with it? So I'm going to go through the properties um, for the Ghosts of New Orleans, ISPR Investigates Ghosts of New Orleans, and I'm going to write, um, well, I actually already wrote one version of a a second edition, but I'm going to um, actually go back through that and plump it up a little bit more because um, this book was published in 2000, so these were you know, years old, but we, we had gone back and conducted more investigations, did a lot more filming. So I have a lot of footage as well to go through, um, like really cool stuff that, that took place. And also the fact that we brought in different kinds of clairvoyants who had a better handle on assessing uh, what was going on and communicating with the entities. Um, some of the things that, that, um, previous teams believe has been um, modified, um, modified, corrected, um, more research was done. So, so I would like to do that because just because you go in and it's like, oh, well, Joe Blow's standing in the corner, a ghost, and he says this, um, 
we tend to add more information to that maybe than, you know, uh, it's not the correct information because there's not always a complete, full understanding of an earthbound entity. So, oh, so anyway, yes. Um, so I want to do that book. And then I'm going to turn my attention to another book about my 24 years with Larry, which will encompass not only New Orleans, but Hollywood as well, because that was a trip and a half. And, um, oh my God, it's it, because I worked with him, I got to experience so many incredible things. Some of them were frightening. Some of them were totally enlightening. And um, the best thing that I came out of this with was um, I totally got over my fear of dying. That's great. That's really great yeah. to hear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and if I can help somebody else uh, overcome that fear, and uh, because it is inevitable for all of us, um, that that would make me happy. You know what? That's one thing that I can tell you that I have gained is, um, I guess, I've, uh, or I say the one thing that I've lost is the fear of, you know, what happens after we leave here, because it is totally natural. We can't stop it. We're not meant to, you know, live forever. And right. I think it's totally, you know, it's nothing to be scared of, um, yes. which is a great comfort for me. And that's really what I hope to give to people. And, um, and I have awesome. a lot of psychic mediums on there. Yeah. So all the information that they have shared with me, it, there is nothing <laughs> that ever says that it's something to fear, you know, right. which is good to know. Yeah. Now, if I could only solve why are there not two snowflakes the same, um, I would be a happy camper. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing would keep me up at night anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, this has been a pleasure. I mean, I really love talking to oh, you. And Same here. Thank you. I would love to know more about your research. Please keep me in the loop, you know, and let me know what's going on. But please tell my listeners where they can find out more information about you or anything else you have going on. Sure. Um, well, the, the the best place is, is my website. It's um, kind of my online uh, CV and it's DanaSmoller.com and that's D-A-E-N-A and then S as in Sam, M-O-L-L-E-R.com. And then, of course, from there, um, provided the links aren't broken, uh, they can find me on Facebook. And um, and if they want to check my Pinterest uh, site out, or as well as Larry Muntz's Pinterest site, because I have kept that up, um, they can see a lot of visuals, a lot of a lot of cool things on there. And uh, and then, of course, there's my LinkedIn. But you know, unless somebody's going to offer me a really cool job. Well, I'll I'll follow you on LinkedIn, definitely. Perfect. And on Pinterest too. I mean, I love Pinterest, so Well thanks. That'd be great. I haven't added anything new, but there's a lot of stuff on the Vogue Theater in Hollywood, which we had for four years, and then of course New Orleans uh stuff. I did a lot of graphics on different ghosts from different properties um that I just found were entertaining. So you can read them and go, oh, I wonder which, which haunting is this from? So, mm -hmm. <laughs> but that would be great. Very cool. Dana Smoller, my special guest. Dana, many blessings to you. And I really appreciate your time. Same to you, K-Town. Thank you so much. To find out more about our guest and all others, please visit our website at MysteriousRadio.com. 
And I want to give special thanks to our co-creator and executive producer, Kim Kyle, who brought this show to you today. And working hard behind the scenes, our team of four, I want to thank them as well. Follow us on social media and share the show with others that may like the subjects that we cover. I am your host, K-Town, and you're listening to Mysterious Radio. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's. So thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter code FACE at checkout. That's harrys.com, code FACE. Enjoy! Enjoy!